Quotient. I'm your host, Kim Seltzer, a dating and makeover expert, where I will help you build confidence, make connections, and find love from the outside in. Welcome back to the episode called What Would Kim Do, where I read different scenarios, challenges, dating blunders, you name it, and really any problem that you all might need solving. And I'm going to tell you exactly what I would do to help you through it. So let's get to it. All right. The first one is from Joanne, and she says, I would like to learn how to date. I haven't been on a date for about two years since my last serious relationship. I haven't asked anyone on a date, and no one has asked me either. I'm not sure what I'm doing that is blocking someone from asking me. I'm scared to online date because I don't want to meet a sociopath or something, Joanne. Well, (laughs) first off, you have to put yourself in front of men in order to even get a date. Okay. So let's just get that out of the way because it doesn't sound like you are doing much. So that's just on a practical sense. It also sounds, look, it's been about two years. It sounds like since your last relationship, I don't even know what you've tried or what you haven't tried, but it sounds like fear is really getting in your way too. Fear of the unknown, fear of meeting somebody toxic, Um, somebody that'll hurt you, fear of rejection. And as you know, I always say this, fear is always the biggest thing that will stop you from change and putting yourself into action and out there. So the first thing that I'm going to tell you, Joanne, is that you need experience. It's been a while. And the reason why you're not feeling confident and a little fearful is that you lack the exposure. So you know, if you haven't dated in a while or even at all, the best way to build that confidence is to get the experience. And the best way to get the highest volume of exposure is, drumroll, online. (laughs) And I know, and here's the thing, this is where you're kind of caught. You don't want to do online, yet that is probably the greatest way to get back out there. But here's the thing, you have to think of it differently. For you, I want you to use online as a practice tool. This is not something that you should be doing as trying to meet your soulmate and putting all this expectation and drama and emotion into thinking that this is going to be the way that I am going to meet my next husband or man, whatever. That's too pressured and especially where you're at. So I think if you really look at this as more as a practice tool and getting you some volume, getting your feet wet, starting to just even having conversations with guys online, practice flirting, that is going to help you right there. Because once you start getting some traction and maybe meeting a couple guys who are not sociopaths, it'll renew your faith in online dating and for the most part, men. And guess what? This is my kind of tip number two. There are sociopaths, by the way, walking on the earth too. I just like FYI. They're not just online, okay? Those very men that you fear online are also in real life. I just want you to know that. So don't let that be a crutch. 
better yet, it's it's much better to focus on being a better screener because they're out there regardless. And you have to know what to look for so you can weed those guys out. That's why if you get yourself some practice, you're going to know what to start looking for and what the red flags are, and you'll weed them out right away. But because you don't know it and you haven't been at it, of course it feels daunting and scary. So debunk your own myths and just try it. And finally, you don't ask men out, okay? (laughs) You said in your thing, you know, you're not asking men out and they're not asking you. No, they ask you. So you got to work on your flirty skills so that you are dropping more hankies to get asked out. Practice going to the market or the coffee shop or wherever and start striking up conversations so that you make those connections and start flirting. And remember, and I say this and I'm going to keep driving this until the cows come home. The definition of flirting is to behave as though you are attracted to someone without the serious intention of an outcome. And so there's kind of a theme here in the way that I'm answering your question, Joanne, is that I think you're putting too much emphasis on the outcome. I think you're putting way too much expectation, and therefore it is scary. But if you let go of all of that, seeking a man who's going to be your soulmate and not a sociopath and all of that stuff, and just practice being around male energy and getting to know yourself in the process, it's going to be not only easier, but a lot more fun. All right. Good luck to you. All right. Question number two is from a woman named Mary. It's short and sweet, but actually there's a lot of meat. I've not dated a lot, another one who hasn't dated a lot, and I would like to be more comfortable with physical affection and being playful. I take myself way too seriously. No matter how much I want to relax, I just can't, and I overthink things. Mary the overthinker. Oh, wow. Even though that was a short question, I have a long answer to that because I have a lot of ideas for you, Mary. You're obviously not alone. It sounds like overall, you're just, you're way too much in your head and and you know that, and that will kill your dating life for sure. I detect that you're a little bit uncomfortable in your body, that, you know, obviously being maybe analytical, I don't know what you do for a living. But being in your body, being in your passion is something that I really want you to hone in on. But the first thing I will say before we dive into that, and this is just me talking as a therapist, I always like to address underlying concerns that may be contributing to your discomfort around physical touch and playfulness. And I will say that it's very common for women who have maybe experienced some abuse, whether it's physical or sexual, to feel tremendous anxiety around touch, which may signify danger to you. So I always encourage people, if there is something underlying there and that's deeper, definitely get help around that. Do some deeper work because there may be some PTSD 
PTSD or trauma that are triggering a really severe fear response that needs to be addressed. And it's not something that you can just put a Band-Aid over and not address because that's going to keep leaking out in different ways. So if that is you, I encourage you to just, you know, really get help around that. But once that's been addressed, and if that's not the case, the second thing is work on being playful. My God, we have, and I think even more so now than any other times in our life because we're just all getting so busy. We are forgetting how to be playful and having fun. I always tell my clients, go, you know, go to an amusement park, spend time around kids, and of course, take an improv class. It's something that I tell everyone to do. I think it's an amazing way to get into your playful self, be more spontaneous, get out of your head, and get more expressive. In, in the way that you just go about things. And that spontaneity, that fun, that expressive side of you is going to be so attractive to a guy. Because here's the thing, like, if that's something that you want in a guy, and most, most of us want playful and fun people, that's unanimous, right? There's no, like gender difference when it comes to that. We both are attracted to that. You have to be that. And so when you get more comfortable with that, then it's going to be way easier to be in your body and out of your head. The third thing that I'll say to you is, you know, again, it goes back to getting into almost like embodying your energy so that you're out of your head. And if that means getting a date prep plan in place so that you can relax before a social event or a date, so be it. If you are tense because you're in your head all day because of work, or maybe you're a mom or a dad and you're in parent mode, whatever that is, shake it off. Take an hour, listen to some music, make a playlist, dance around, anything, anything that can shake that analytical part and get you more into the body. And finally, schedule doing activities that are more about your body rather than your head. So dancing's great. Salsa dancing, I love for you ladies, first of all, because if you think about salsa dancing, not only is it a sensual dance, so it's going to help you get into the sensual side of your body, but you also have to have the man lead, which is really, really hard for a lot of, a lot of women these days. And I, I mean, I think I told you all the story. That was the first thing I did after I got a divorce is I took salsa dancing lessons. And, and the feedback that I got when I first went on the dance floor, every guy said to me how tense I was and that I was trying to lead. And it really said a lot about me and where I was. And when I was able to let that go and let the man lead, not only was I more in my body, I was more in my feminine and I was able to have a lot more fun. Pole dancing is great. Belly dancing, you know, tap into not just the physical, but also the sensual side of you. So I hope that helps a little. Obviously, this is something that I work with clients all the time on. It takes some deeper work and actual practice. So that was an awesome question. Okay, the third question that I have, let's see, this is from Helene. Helene, she says, in the past, I didn't really like me. 
I wasn't a good friend to myself. I learned to like who I am and how I look like, and I'm still not feeling confident to make that last shift. I pull back instead of going for it. I hesitate to make eye contact too long, even when I'm attracted to a man. That's you and everybody else, by the way, Helene. (laughs) And instead of being Around men, I'd rather sit in a corner. In the past, this was because I was unsatisfied with my looks, but I realized that there is something more to it. Well, first of all, I am so proud of you for taking the steps to look at how your own confidence and how you feel about yourself, how you view yourself is really preventing you from moving forward with men. So knowing that, that, and here's the good news. You also have the power to change that by changing the view of yourself. It's changing your mindset, it's changing your approach, and it's changing your perspective. So I'm not sure, obviously, because I can't talk to you right now, I'm not sure what work you've done around your wardrobe and the way that you see yourself, but I would love to work with you if you're listening to this and go shopping (laughs) and we can even do this virtually. Um, you know, one of the tricks that I teach people when putting together outfits and so that you see yourself in a positive life with confidence is a rule that I call the three C's. It's looking at the cut of your clothes right? And knowing what body type you have and what cuts flatter your figure and what cuts to stay away from. It's looking at the colors and how the colors are flattering your skin tone and what, you know, colors to stay away from. And then finally, the confident outfits that you have. So what outfit do you have in your closet already that you normally pull when you have an event? Normally, it's something that makes you feel confident. Maybe you got compliments in it. Maybe you like the way that it feels on your body. Whatever it is, figure that out and get more of it. And I promise you, when you pay attention to just even these three simple rules, it will help the way that you view yourself. And that ultimately is going to help with your sexy confidence. So you'll get sexier looks so that you see yourself in a more feminine way. And guess what? That's when the men do too. It's all about you. All right. So that's the first thing that I would work on. It sounds like you've done some work, but maybe, you know, do a little shopping therapy first. You know, I love working on the outside, then going in. So once your work on the outside is complete and at least getting somewhere, then it's time to match that with the inside work. And it's really about you know, working on taming those gremlins that keep coming up for you. Because it sounds like just even in what you wrote, that there's some limiting beliefs that might be going on for you. Maybe it was messages that you got growing up from your family. Maybe it was something, you know, that happened to you in high school. Whatever it is, do some exercises and inner work around that. One exercise that I give my clients is something I call the old tape exercises. You know, um, well, I'm going to really age myself. I think most of you know that uh, my age by now, but do you know what eight track tapes are? And if you don't, you're a millennial. So I'll explain to you. (laughs) Eight track tapes were these like tapes that we thought was the next best thing and the hot thing and way we listen to music. It wasn't like a cassette tape, but it was something that was a little, you know, uh, we thought kind of high tech (laughs) at the time. 
Now, what's interesting about the eight track tape is that obviously they're not valid anymore. They don't play. I don't even know if you can get an eight track tape. I feel like our past are eight track tapes. We we hear it in our head, but they're really not valid anymore. We can't, you know, they're they're really not valid. These are things and messages that we've listened to in the past and have shaped us, but they can really get in the way of, you know, doing something positive for ourselves. So write down all the old tapes that you got growing up, old messages, like maybe not being good enough, or you're the pretty one or the ugly one, or, you know, whatever it is. And then put that in one column. And then on the other column, I want you to debunk those myths. So if your old tape or your old message was that you weren't good enough, then on the other side, you're going to say, I'm good enough because, and then you list all your strengths. It's a really good exercise because it will help you see all that you are rather than focusing all that you're not. So that's some of the inner work. And obviously, you know, if you need a coach or a therapist to to dive into some of that more than just, you know, reading some self-help books, I encourage that. But finally, after you work on the inside, you did a little bit outside, then it's time to practice, 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 go into the field. And if eye contact, for instance, is difficult for you, then every day practice making eye contact with men every day practice that when you're out and about. And then, you know, if it's hard for you to do on your own, then make it a game. Games are great. You know, it's just like when you're a little kid and your teacher, your parent made you count, you know, orange cars on the highway. You know, maybe you do that for yourself. How many brown eyes can you count when you're out and, and just, practice making eye contact to see that or compete against yourself. Say, okay, today I'm going to make eye contact with one person. Then the next day, try three people, then up the ante to 10 people on the third day. When you gamify things, sometimes it it takes the anxiety out of it. You'll make it more fun and you won't put so much, you know, stress and pressure on yourself. So you start outside go inside, and then go out and practice. And hopefully you'll start seeing a difference. Okay, the fourth question I have today, they didn't leave their name. I Oh, it, it is a woman because she's talking about a man, so I know it's a woman. I have settled for what I get. I will not settle any longer. I am such a giving soul, and I feel I have sold my soul to the devil in this respect. I lost my first husband to an illness, and now I'm going through a divorce from a three-year marriage to a drunk and pot smoker. I want to find a man that is Christian with a fun personality and a positive attitude. I want to find a man to marry who would love me for who I am. Oh, gosh. You certainly have been through a lot, and I really feel, feel you for that. I you know, where you're at and what you're going through is compounded by the fact that you've experienced, you know, some major losses. So not only have you, you know, experienced a death, but you're also experiencing now a death of a divorce, you know, and a person that you were with. So what we know about the grieving process is that previous 
losses get kicked up when you experience another one. And so again, it almost like layers upon itself. And it can really make you feel overwhelmed with all those feelings of grief, anger, depression, denial, confusion, all of it. So you are now wanting to find something different for yourself. And that is so awesome. But I want to make sure that you've actually processed all of this instead of jumping into the next thing. So you mentioned that you want to find someone who loves you for who you are, which says to me that that was probably missing in your previous relationship. So here's the thing. It all starts with you. Do you love you? Do you love you? And when you look in the mirror, do you like what you see? Do you like all that you are? Remind yourself of that. I mean, it's great that you want a guy who recognizes that, but, you know, if you don't feel that or see that within, a guy's not going to either. And a guy's not going to fix that as well. I think a lot of times people hope that a man will fulfill them and give them that esteem that they're looking for, but that's working backwards. You want to fill yourself up first, love yourself first to attract the right guy. Otherwise, you're going to attract and you're going to keep attracting toxic situations. So when your self-esteem and confidence has been shot, like it has been with this divorce, it's difficult to see that sometimes. So here's what I highly recommend for you. Number one, get back to the basics and start rediscovering yourself. Like what activities and hobbies did you enjoy? What are you passionate about that was separate from these men you were involved with? And rediscover yourself. Do it. You know, you if you liked, I don't know, lasagna before you met these guys, but then they didn't like lasagna, then go eat a bunch of lasagna. <laughs> you know, this is part of the enjoyment of being single and rediscovery and slowing things down and, and enjoying that in the process. You will also meet more like-minded people and date potentials if you start getting involved in things that you're passionate about. So if you wanted to learn how to tango dance and your partners didn't, guess what? You'll meet people who enjoy tango dancing and that's going to be really refreshing for you. Second, instead of focusing on dating and finding the next man, really work on your social life and date without attachment. I did a whole podcast on dating without attachment, and I think that's exactly where you're at. Get reacquainted with you. Date yourself and recognize what you like, what you don't like, and don't just lock down the next relationship because you might actually be attracting the same toxic situation that you were in before. And what is your piece? Like, what was your piece in that relationship where you attracted, you know, the addiction? Are you an overcaretaker? Do you cater to, you know, the men's needs before your own? When you start detecting your stuff, that's the only thing that you have control over, right? And so that is the exciting part and empowering part. You can change that stuff to get a different result. And finally, be what you seek. You say you want a fun personality. You say you want a positive attitude, but do you have that? And I'm just going to kind of 
come out and say it from your email, I don't feel that you do. (laughs) You know, there's a little bit of kind of that frustration I sense in you, a little bit of negativity. Remember, you attract what you are. So be that person that you want to attract. Get silly. Have fun. Love men. And you say you want a Christian man. Well, then put yourself in situations where they might be. Like, are you doing any church activities, for instance? Because, you know, that's another thing that I find. A lot of times people aren't getting what they want. But then again, they're not putting themselves in the environment, not just the mindset, but the environment in which those people are. So think about that. All right. Hope I kicked you in the butt a little bit and got you thinking. And really at the end of the day, and what I want you to take away from this is just to slow down and take a look at your piece and date yourself and have fun. All right. The last question I have that we have time for, the more relationship. I love this question. Um, I've been dating my boyfriend for almost eight months. I said I love you about a month ago, but he hasn't said it back yet. His reaction when I told him was very loving, and he still made me feel good in the moment, but for the last week, I've been feeling really anxious about it. How do I bring up this topic without seeming desperate? I'm not sure that I need to hear those words specifically, but... I do want to feel like he's as committed to our relationship as I am. I have a really simple answer to this question. Just say what you just said to me. Just say it. (laughs) You know, this sounds like really like little advice. But what you just said in this email, you should say to him. And I'm not sure you've said it in the way that you just expressed it because I think you said it really great. You know, I find that with a lot of clients that they'll tell me what they wish and hope for, for someone to say or express how they feel. And when I tell them to talk to that person, just like how they are dealing with me, that that's really, that's half the battle. But a lot of times with the person that we're struggling with or want to express something to, we shut down for some reason. We don't say it. So in your instance, there is nothing wrong with saying you know, I've been thinking about something and I I want to talk to you about it. And then start going into how, how great things are. I always encourage people to validate and confirm the things that are going well when you first talk to somebody. Because it, it sounds like you have a good relationship overall. And that's awesome. And, you know, you can go into the things that you love, but you also want to maybe get some clarification and ask him how he's feeling. You know, it's great that you said those words to him first, but I I think what's missing is that afterwards you didn't let him know how anxious you've been feeling because that he didn't say it back. Look, if you were just dating, say, you know, one week or even one month or two months, Maybe you don't want to bring it up so fast, (laughs) you know, you're just getting to know each other, but it's been eight months and my guess it's been probably longer because I got this, I think a month ago. So you are, it is your right and you can absolutely, you're in a place because you are boyfriend, girlfriend and that to know where you stand and how he's feeling about things. And you can let them know that when, you know, you feel anxious saying that I love you and you didn't hear anything back. 
There is nothing wrong with that. I think a lot of times people are worried about causing conflict or making drama out of something. There's nothing dramatic about this. The only thing that's dramatic is if you don't say anything. And then there's this big elephant in the room and then the resentment starts building up and maybe even some passive aggressive things that start happening with your body language or thing, little things that he does that'll just add up to the the big thing. And that is this that you wrote me. So let him know your feelings. And then the other thing that's so great about this is that you'll be able to see how he reacts. A good guy will take it in, he'll hear it, and then express where he's coming from. But more importantly, there'll be follow-up with that. So when you let him know how you're feeling, what does he do with those feelings, right? Does he recognize them? Does he then express maybe why he didn't say it back? Or maybe he has fears around saying it out loud. Maybe he comes from a relationship that where he got hurt, so now he's gun shy to say it. But if you don't ask, you'll never know. And then you're left with, guess what? Anxiety. Anxiety always comes from the unknown. Always, every single time. So rather than wringing your hands and trying to guess or predict what is going on with him, just say it so you'll know, and then you'll be able to deal with it, and your anxiety will go down. I find that this happens all the time. You know, again, it's always bigger in our head than it usually is in reality, and usually when things get expressed, it's so much better. I had a client um, who I directed to do this actually not too long ago. She started dating somebody and she was really upset in something that he's, he didn't do in a text. Like he, he wasn't following up with her and she was getting really anxious. And um, so she calls me instead and she starts complaining about it and getting really worried. And she was even thinking about breaking it off with him because she didn't want to deal with somebody else being an a-hole and abandoning her. And I said, well, instead of sitting there wringing your hands in anxiety, wondering about why he didn't text you when, you know, you wanted him to and say the things you wanted him to, why don't you just bring and ask him? And the thought of that made her want to barf. <laughs> She's like, no, because he's going to get mad. And I said, look, you're making him probably more aggravated and mad by not saying anything and then doing these little passive aggressive things. And now you're thinking about breaking up with him when he doesn't even know what he did wrong. And she, she just kind of paused. You're like, oh, wow, I guess you're right. So she did. She went to him, said exactly how she felt, and she wondered how he felt about her. Although it was a little sticky in the beginning and they kind of duked it out in terms of where they were both coming from, they ended up in a better place than they were before. Why? Because they spoke about how each of them felt. And now they let go of anybody else that they're dating. They're actually in a committed relationship and they're working towards that couplehood. So that can happen to you too. Anyway, I hope that was helpful today. That's all the time we have for today's episode of What Would Kim Do? And like always, thanks for joining me today. It has been the Charisma Quotient, and I'm your host, Kim Seltzer. And remember, you can build confidence, make connections, and find love from the outside in. And make sure you go to my site, seltzerstyle.com. Lots of goodies coming up. And if you want to get some of your questions answered, like you heard today, join my private 
Facebook group. It's called the Love Makeover Insiders to get your questions answered. And you can always email me some of these questions as well. But this group is fantastic. It's a group of supportive women all working on their love life. So just click the link you see there and join the group and stay tuned until next week with more tips on how to feel and look fabulous every day.